Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Welcome into another edition of the Shant Show. We come to you following Coastal Carolina's 34-30 victory over the Georgia Southern Eagles. Got of my ass. They couldn't get out of Conway with a win. We got the Myrtle Hurdle into the end zone. C.J. Beasley leads the Chanticleers to victory in a game that was um, boring for most parts of it. I'll be real honest. This was a game that didn't have a lot of standout plays, didn't have anything crazy happen until C.J. Beasley jumped over a man while he was basically standing up. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm glad nobody was home because I screamed like a little girl and was so excited yelling at my TV. Josh, I come to you. The Myrtle Hurdle, man. How was, what was that like in the moment for you? Yeah, so I was actually in the production trailer running the instant replay. So while I'm – I was – we were – Everybody in the trailer fucking lost it. We were screaming our asses off. We were going crazy. And at the same time, I was trying to make sure that uh, whatever camera Mario on had a good angle of it and get it ready to show to everybody. But, man, like, I couldn't believe it. That dude that he jumped over was almost six feet tall. They said he's 5'11". And, I mean, C.J. Bleasley got up. He barely clipped the dude. And for him to be able to land like that, I mean, I was losing my minds. The fans were losing their minds. It was just – it was incredible. and just poised to the confidence that we had on that last drive that you could kind of just feel his parents weekend, the crowd was going nuts. So, but yeah, no, that was one of the most electric moments that I've ever seen at, at coastal Carolina football and in college football, at least all weekend. I mean, that right then in itself is going to go down as one of the best plays of all college football this year. Like, you can't picture it any better. This guy, C.J. Beasley, is ridiculous. This guy literally hurdled a Georgia Southern player and ran it in for the game-winning touchdown with a little over 30 seconds left. No other – you can't picture that. Like, there, there are moments that players want and and want to, like, live out, and that is going to be something C.J. Beasley and the rest of the, the, the fans and the players are never going to forget. I mean, a lot of the players on the team were shouting him out, like, hours after the game and even minutes after the game when they got into the locker room. So CJ Beasley, man, you are ridiculous. Uh, to our fan base, I want everybody that listens to us, I need them to go at ESPN and I need them to go at ESPN because number eight on Sports Center top 10, my ass. That should have been the number one play. There were seven other plays that were ahead of it, and there were none of them were better than that run. So CJ Beasley, you definitely are ridiculous. Keep it up, man. We're going to need you the rest of the season. And, man, what a what a win for us in this weekend. Yeah, all I remember was, because, like, usually in that moment, like, you're not really, like, thinking about, like, how great the moment was. But, like, because I was working the camera. When I saw it, when I had that angle, I automatically knew. I was like, this is a top 10 sports center play. It is. And the fact that it was only eight is, like, very disrespectful. I can tell. And you know what? If we got to call out sports center, we got to call out sports center. The fact sports center did not have the information that they needed to make that a good play. First of all, they didn't have the information that that was a game-winning play. They didn't have they didn't come to terms with the fact that not only did this man jump over a five foot eleven man who was standing, but the fact that he stayed on his feet and ran in for a touchdown that alone should be top five. And the fact in in the moment with the amount of time that they had left to score, the other team had left to score, 
I'm sorry, but that should have been at least top five, at least. Should have been number one. I didn't look at all the other plays, so I can't, like, judge. But number eight, I already know it's disrespectful. But in that moment, I, like, I don't talk a lot on camera. I was, But I went on that mic, and I was like, and I was like, I better have this sports center to play. This better be on Sports Center. And the fact that Sports Center did not use my clip is absolutely disrespectful, too. You know, Sports Center be pissing me off sometimes. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. At the end of the day, um, yeah, CJ Beasley, you know, this man is absolutely incredible. He, there's been games where he has absolutely carried us. There has been games where this and this is a guy who we were talking about it before the pod. He um he was like the third, fourth string running back. You know, the fact that he's coming in here and he's solidifying himself as potentially the number one running back in this in this position. You know, Reese White is injured, so we're gonna have to see how it is when he comes back. But overall, I really do think CJ Beasley has shown a lot. Like he really has shown us a lot. This is another guy who came out of nowhere. And just absolutely made his mark on this team. And I'm going to be honest with you, that is probably the great. It, no, it's not probably. It is. I can't think of anything else. It's the greatest coastal football play of all time. Period. I think the only one that rivals it is is the Cure Bowl, where Alex Spillum tackled his own teammate. <laughs> or like think... the, the BYU stop at the one yard. That too. Yeah, that one's that one's up there. But I mean, listen to the the list that we just came up with. That's three plays in the last three years. It shows the growth that this program has undergone. And Mario, you mentioned it there. CJ Beasley was RB4 on the preseason roster, maybe five. I mean, he and Nate Hope kind of had that like, maybe him, maybe him, maybe they'll get 10 carries this season. And now we're five games in and he's the leading rusher. He has the Myrtle Hurdle to his name. He's looked really good in almost every game. And it brings about the thought that this program finally has something that it hasn't had in a long time. And that's depth. And that showed up last night. You know, you have a lot of guys that are banged up on this team. They showed a graphic early on. They're missing something like 13 projected starters across offense and defense. That's not easy for any team to overcome. And coastal Carolina is still five and up. We know now, and there's rumors running around the football program that that Braden Bennett is going to miss the rest of the season. We're not going to see him again. Aaron Bedgood is still not in a good place to come back. You know, Reese White is still hurt. So you're going to have to rely on these guys that were fourth, fifth on the depth chart, and they're playing lights out. They're giving you the minutes and the game time that, that you expected out of RB1, and there's no drop-off. Jordan, what does this say for the state of the program? I mean, it says that it doesn't matter what depth you're on. It means that you can come in here and contribute and make a big impact at any point in time when your number's called. It's always a good thing to see that as well because, you know, C.J. Beasley, you know, I'm going to be real. I didn't expect to hear much from him this year, and now he's literally, like, dazzling and out here making plays for us and, you know, making – big plays at that so it's, it's really good to see oh you know, just waiting for your time to come into the the moment and and get an opportunity to do what you need to do to make uh big plays and contributions to help your team out it's really good to see and it's it's something that you know everybody else i'm looking forward that hopefully everybody else sees what he's doing and they try to you know keep working in practice and keep grinding in the weight room to try to get themselves in a position to where that they can get to the position that he's in right now. I'm just, I mean, honestly, when we, 
we were all down and out when we heard Braden Bennett was, you know, out for the Army game. And now we don't know what to expect. You know, we want him to come back healthy and, you know, going out and doing his thing. But, you know, CJ, it's the CJ Beasley show right now. And he's just taking full advantage of it. So I'm just excited for him. And, you know, hopefully other players on the team can see what he's doing and try to step their game up to help out this team. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about depth. In the fourth quarter, Coastal's down 24 to 14. And 10 minutes left, Grace McCall throws a 36-yard absolute dime strike to Tyler Roberts, a guy that was a walk-on at the beginning of this year, a guy that hadn't had, like, any Coastal touchdown. I think he might have had one touchdown entering this season. That guy is trying to fill the shoes of Isaiah Likely, Javion Hiley, guys that have been here forever, and he's able to step up down 10 in the fourth quarter. You need a quick score. He gets a great catch. And then what happens five minutes later to go up 28-27? Jared Brown, a guy that's absolutely caught on fire this year, a guy that had one touchdown all of last season. Between him and the guys that made plays in the fourth quarter, they didn't do anything last season. Well, not just one touchdown, one catch. Right. Done. Like Right, one catch. And, and, I mean, this team is is growing by leaps and bounds. The depth is there. This program is growing. And, and this Georgia Southern game proved it. I mean, hell, <laughs> we didn't have any running backs left on the depth chart. Hope was out. You know, Balthazar got in there and looked great. And he was RB6? Six? Yeah. You know, and, and, and this team keeps chugging along and keeps winning. They're 5-0. Oh. They're 5-0. and oh. Mario, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, this just shows me like, well, first of all, we do have a lot of depth, but it shows me how it's almost reminding me of, I I can't really explain it. It, It's showing me like these new guys coming in. It's showing me how long kind of the university has been working on this, really. Like this depth, it's not just something that happens overnight. Like we got some new guys coming in and everything like that, but it is giving me like a lot of, like 2020 to like 2022, like 2021 vibes or stuff like that, 2022, because not as far as the team, but just the way they're like setting it up. And again, I got to give a lot of, I got to give a lot of credit to um, the recruiting process. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it reminds me of the same way. We don't have four stars on this team. You know, nobody in this team was like a four, not even a four star player coming in. I believe there was like maybe like one, like very high three star other than that, though, it's the same thing. It's the same, like, recruiting process that they did for the 2020 team and the 2021 team and stuff like that. And overall, they're doing great out of it. You know, they're they're winning, and they're showing how much depth they got there. And these players, again, like I said, we're not asking you to be the next Isaiah Likely or the next Javon Hiley or, like, any of that. We're asking you to be the first you, and these guys are making names for themselves. They're making their names. Like, we never heard of – before this, like, we didn't think C.J. Beasley was going to be running back number one. He's making a name for himself. Um, I looked at the social media, and he's he got shot out by uh, Josh Norman. So, overall, they're making names for themselves. They're getting they're giving themselves attention. Um, Jared Brown, we didn't expect a lot out of him. Pickney well, had a name to him before he got here, but he still had to prove himself, and he's done that. You know, these guys are really stepping up. And not even just on offense, on defense, too. You know, guys like Prochet, we didn't, like, uh, these guys are coming out of nowhere and they're making plays. JT Killen, he's doing a great job as well. So, like, I'm really ha- I'm really happy for this team. I'm really proud, like, that these guys were able to come together. And we had a lot of doubts about them. And, honestly, there's still more football to be played. There's still more to prove. 
But these guys are really starting to figure it out, and they re- all of them are starting to make plays. It's just it's not just the the, the leading six that are returned, the returning six. Everybody is starting to make plays, and I'm starting to see this whole formula come together. Yeah, and, and to piggyback on what Josh was saying about Tyler Roberts, I mean, this is a guy, you know, I, I had class with him before I graduated. So it, it's really, you know, to see him working hard and to see him get that touchdown and, a, you know, needing a clutch touchdown in that moment in the game, it was really good for me to see him do that because I know what type of person he is and the type of player that he is. So it was really good to see that. Yeah, yeah, real quick, just on that, like, this is what we're saying. Jordan, you didn't know him from the football field. You knew him from class. Yeah. Like, that's what these guys that now you're knowing in class. Oh, I'm on the football team. I'm like the 10 string receiver. Those are the guys making plays in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And and like I said, and the thing about it is, you know, along with Tyler and other guys stepping up, making plays, you know, the team is behind it. You know, I've been on teams where everybody's just been all about me. You know, everybody's all about just trying to get their playing time. Everybody's just trying to get on the field. And, you know, they're not worried about everybody else trying to get on there and trying to make contributions to the team being selfish, but this team is way different. Like everybody on this team is happy to see Tyler go out and make a big catch and make a big touchdown like that. Everybody's happy to see, you know, CJ Beasley go out here and now he's going to be remembered with the Myrtle hurdle for a very, very long time. Like nobody's going to forget that for a long time. So it's really good to see the teammates on this team to really be behind everybody else that, you know, wants to go out and make plays that's not really starting. But when they get their opportunity, it's good to see them go out there and try to make, plays and help this team out to get to where they need to be yeah it, it's nice to see and it's it bodes well for the future of the program but to get back to what happened on saturday night this game was a diamond dunk game you know georgia southern was taking what coastal was giving them they were playing their cornerbacks off at five to seven yard depth and calvin treese is not a bad quarterback He's gonna get he's gonna take what you give him, man. He's got a super quick clock in there. He's gonna hit 2.5 seconds and the ball is gone. You're not gonna get many sacks. And we only got one, and that was on the last drive of the game that basically won the game essentially after uh, the Myrtle Hurdle. It ensured the victory. That's the word I'll go with. And this defense didn't play particularly well, but they played well enough to walk out of there with a win. Is that something that is concerning? This is now nearly five weeks in a row that we've walked away with the same feelings about this defense. Sure, they're super opportunistic and they're going to get turnovers. I mean, coming into last night, they were tied for first in the NCAA in takeaways. Part of the problem with this team is that they're also one of the leaders in giveaways. Different side of the ball, but this defense is more opportunistic than they are good. Is that a concern now that we're headed into a really difficult part of the schedule? I mean, you've got Marshall and App State right around the corner. Yeah, so, I mean, right, exactly what you just said. It's This defense is very opportunistic. They're, like, tied for first in turnovers forced. But they give up a lot of yards, and they show flashes. Like, that drive right before where they kick the field goal to go up by whatever, it – the defense is good at bending, not break. Their red zone defense is pretty solid. I'll give them that. And it's just they do give up a lot of five. Like Kyle Van Treese was absolutely killing us on out routes and screens yesterday. They were dinking and dunking. They were getting to the outside, quick release, quick routes. And they could do whatever they wanted. They marched down the field. Longest throw was like 35 yards. But they did that four or five times. And it was just more of it. 
I think you mentioned earlier, we were playing our corners off. They're just – the scheme was kind of meant to allow that. And, I mean, we got out of there allowing 30 points, which according to the over-under, which projected us winning like 39-30, that's what they thought. But I think this defense, they have it in them. That's what they've shown me. And it's one thing that is kind of gives me hope is that Kyle Van Treese is ex- extremely experienced. This is like his fourth, fifth year playing legitimate minutes. And he's a good quarterback. And he's kind of like guys we're going to see like Chase Bryce. And then we'll see Todd Santeo from JMU's a whole different beast. But we have it in them. But we're definitely going to have to tighten up as we get deep into conference play. The thing that concerns me is, you know, I'm looking at the box score. We're not getting any pressure on the on the quarterback that much. And that's concerning to me because whenever you give a quarterback enough time to sit and throw and he's not getting hit or he's not getting, you know, rushed, that's concerning to me because that's when the big plays start to happen. That's when the yardage starts to pick up. Um, I think that we need to definitely do better with trying to get to the quarterback more, um, for sure. You know, we did have some sacks. Um, it wasn't a lot of sacks this game. I think we only had maybe one by Gerard Clark. And this game is one by killing. Oh, well, one by a kill. Okay, that's well, it. That, well, that's 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 not going to cut it against, you know, a Bryce, <laughs> uh, Chase Bryce and, you know, other quarterbacks that are really good in this league. Um, we get up. We got to do better. Um, you know, tackling is a little bit of a problem as well. We, we, we tend to not get the first tackle. We generally get like maybe a second or third and then we get the gang tackling. We got to do better with that. Um, it's just. Really, the main thing, though, is QB pressure because when you can get a quarterback numerous hits on a quarterback, it gets a quarterback, you know, rattled. It gets him thinking, like, I don't have enough time in the pocket. You know, his mind's all over the place. I just need us to do better when it comes to hitting the quarterback. I mean, as far as, you know, yesterday goes, it went pretty well um, to get this win. But, you know, and another thing, too, is another close win for us. We got another close win in our belt. It should be something that we can look forward to going towards the rest of the season, going to the bowl game um, for sure. But we definitely got to get more hits on a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I said in the beginning of the year, I said probably around like week six is when I expect everything to get figured out. Now, again, am I am I concerned like necessarily a little bit? Like I'm not going to lie, but I do like an opportunistic defense. You know, I do like that we have that going for us. The fact that like when it, like if it comes down to like the wire, we can make a play and we can end this and the defense can wrap this game up. That's important to me, like cl- like clutchness right there in the moment becoming clutch. This game, like it was, it was what I like thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more, I thought it was going to be more um, high scoring, but at the same time, it was still a high scoring game. And at the end of the day, like that first half, that right there shows me what type of defense this team can be. The first half is exactly what type of defense I expect this team to be. It's exactly what, I expect us to be as a defense, but for some reason in the second half, both the, both offenses just had a resurgence and both offenses just went off. But I do like that when it, when the, when it came down to us, because CJ Beasley did have that hurdle and he did have that touchdown, but at the same time, it was up to the defense to close this game out. And they did that, you know, guys like Lance Boykin, guys like the Jordan strong, they, they secured this game. Like, uh, Proche, these guys, they did a great job in the backfield of, of of closing out this game and getting close to that win. Overall, this is a very, like like Curtis said, it's a very opportunistic defense. And 
as as long as we can stay clutch, as long as we can wrap this game up and get a win and our defense can do what they need to do to close it out, I'll be fine. But I'm, I need to see this defense be better. I need to see it be better. Like Jordan said, they're not getting enough pressure on quarterbacks. I'll be looking at the stats and I'll see like half a sack for like two guys and one sack for another. But like he said, that's not going to cut it. You know what I'm saying? There's guys who are going to have to step up. And overall, do I expect it to get better? I'm hoping that it gets better. You know, we're approaching week six. We're approaching week six and we got to get this turned around. You know, it's six week. It's not week one anymore. It's not week two no more. This is week six. You're halfway through the season. And this is the part of the season that you really got to worry about. You're playing teams like App State. You're playing teams like Virginia. You're playing James Madison. You're playing Old Dominion. These guys are not going to give you anything. You got to fight and you got to earn it. You know what I'm saying? So it's time for that defense to strike the stone. Yeah, I, I, I can't add anything onto that. I think you guys hit all the major points there. I, I'm with you, Jordan. The only thing I'll add on, man, you got to get more pressure. And I know Kyle Ventries, like I said, he's got that quick trigger. It's two seconds and the ball's gone. But there's got to be something more you can do. And, and one thing I've noticed, you know, I'm, I'm a Penn State fan, so I watched the Penn State game early in the day. And one of the things that Penn State's defensive line does that Coastal Carolina's either, I don't know if they don't do it because they don't want to or they don't do it because it's coaching. I, I don't know. But Penn State's defensive line does a great job of getting hands up and batting balls at the line of scrimmage. They probably had four or five of them against Northwestern. And those are game-changing plays, potentially. You know, you get a tip off of a defender's fingertips and it ends up in the hands of your middle linebacker and you got a, a pick six right coastal carolina i don't remember a single play where i saw a, <laughs> a defensive lineman with their hands up in the air and and again maybe that's coaching maybe that's you know the, the scheme they, they would rather have them head down rushing at the quarterback but you've got to do something there to, to cause the quarterback to be uncomfortable on the offensive side of the ball, we, we hammered C.J. Beasley enough. Grayson McCall was, was Grayson McCall again. He was super efficient. He marched them down the field constantly over and over again. He used his legs when he had to and, and was effective with that. Grayson McCall, you know, you could walk away every game day and, yeah, he's the player of the game. It's not a hard decision to make. You know, he, he's, he plays like that every single week, you know. And he deserves that kind of credit. Mario, what did you think of his Saturday? Yeah, you know, Grayson McCall did what Grayson McCall does best. Again, he went 23 for 34, 335 yards, three TDs. Um, the only thing I could say, the only thing I had to critique was there were times where I felt like Grayson McCall was trying to do too much. And especially with running, like when he would start to run. And maybe it's because like the offense wasn't like, because let me be honest with you, okay? Those two, those defensive backs for Georgia, for Georgia Southern, uh, Derek Canteen and Anthony Wilson. I don't care what y'all say. Those are dogs right there. What they were doing that first half, they were locking people down. So maybe that had something to do with it as well. That front seven for Georgia, uh, that front four for Georgia, they were absolutely amazing uh, in that first half. But there were times where I felt like Grayson McCall was trying to, trying to do too much. And in result of it, like he was trying to run, like, and he was trying to stay on his feet and like push for more yardage and he had a fumble, you know? So like, there were times where I felt like he did a little too much, but overall, like, Grayson McCall had a really good game. You know, this might have been, like, passing-wise, one of his best games because we haven't seen these 300-yard games out of Grayson McCall with three touchdowns. It's been, like, 100 yards, three TDs, or maybe 300 yards with one touchdown. But he, he really showed, like, hey, look, even though I haven't been, like, 
showing like astronomical stats, like all these other guys, I am still that guy. I am still that quarterback that should be in the consideration for the Heisman. And he showed it in this game, you know, um, there was never, and like we always talked about with Grace McCall, there's never a moment with Grace McCall where we feel like we're out of this game. There's never, he's going to give you everything we got. I don't think Grace McCall's ever got blown out. It's always been a really, really close game. Even like, and I can even go back to like when we were in the Cure Bowl against Liberty and we were down by a, we were down by a decent amount and he brought us back in that game. Like he is a really, really great quarterback. And again, he, he proved his greatness in this game as well, especially towards that second half. They made the adjustments that they needed to do and that offense started to pop off. So I got to give him a lot of credit. There were times where I felt like, again, he might've was trying to do too much. And, and now there was that one mistake when it came to the fumble, but other than that, though, again, Grayson McCall was doing Grayson McCall things. Yeah, I mean, Grayson McCall was absolutely electric. He was everything that we expect him to be. And really in the fourth quarter, he was clutch. He hasn't had a chance this season. to. I mean, he's had a chance to lead drives. But we were down by 10 points with 10 minutes left to go in this game. And he goes down and delivers a touchdown, a long touchdown pass to Tyler Roberts in two minutes. Our defense can get the ball back and then – we're down by six or whatever. We go out and he throws a beautiful touchdown to Jared Brown. Absolutely beautiful. It's like 60 yard touchdown. And we take the lead by one. And then he leads a great drive on the fourth quarter. And mind you, the whole fourth quarter, it was raining. So all those are even more impressive, but for him to step up like that in the fourth quarter. And then he also, you could tell he, he just wanted it so bad. First time ever playing Georgia Southern, he ran the ball like 10 times and he put himself in a lot of bad situations with hits but that's just the type of player he is. And we knew that he was going to have to be like that this year. We knew he was going to take hits. We knew he was going to run the ball a lot, but I mean, damn, he was, he was so good in the fourth quarter. And that's what, I mean, that's what we need him to be. And that's what we expect out of Grayson McCall. So yeah, best player on the field right there. No question. We know what he brings to the table. And we, like Mario says, he's not, it's never a time where he feels like he's out of the game. We could be down by 21 and, you know, you just feel that confident about the guy that you know that he's going to try to do everything he can to get us back into, you know, a lead, even down one. But, you know, Grayson, I really hope that, you know, Shauna Clear Nation really takes notice of greatness when greatness is on the field. And I really hope that they learn to appreciate this guy because we don't know how long he has left in a Shauna Clear uniform. You know, this guy has really, really good odds of making it into the NFL. So I really hope that, you know, everybody takes time out of their day to really witness and appreciate greatness in a Shauna Clear uniform because you don't know when you're going to see it ever again. This guy is going to go down as one of the best. You know, we had, you know, Tyler Thigpen on the show and, you know, Tyler Thigpen was speaking very highly of this guy. You know, he was speaking very highly. He's breaking records left and right. And, you know, a lot of the records Tyler Thigpen broke, He's going to break those, and he's going to probably go down as one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in Coastal Carolina history. So I just hope that, you know, everybody doesn't take this guy for granted. I hope that they really know how lucky and fortunate they have to have somebody that can go out and do the things that they can for a program in the time that he's been here. So, you know, Grayson is just awesome. He's really incredible. And, you know, without him, we wouldn't have won this game. And, you know, I just look forward to seeing what he's going to do the rest of this season and into the bowl game for sure. But you know, just hats off to the guy for just going out and just being great because, you know, he wasn't really thought of coming in here and he's really just left a mark on this program for sure. Yeah, I, I really like what you just said about appreciating greatness and it just flashed on my screen too. He threw a ball to Jared Brown, 40-yard pass, 
with 49 seconds left in the game to where only two or three guys in the entire country could have made that throw between two defenders. So, yeah, just like you said, guys like this come around every 40, 50 years. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's doing. We've seen how hard it is for a program like Coastal to get national recognition and get ranked. I mean, we're 5-0. and We only have 17 votes in the AP poll, and there's less undefeated teams than there are spots in the poll. But for him to be on these quarterback power rankings, he's in the top five, top ten every single week. This is absolutely special, especially coming from a program like Coastal, a small school. So, yeah, appreciate this greatness that we have. And, yeah, shout out to Grayson McCall. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm going to transition into that AP poll that you mentioned there. Coastal Carolina, this is the first week that they've received votes, and when you get to 5-0, and it's hard to ignore. I mean, you see it with Kansas, right? Kansas is a good team, honestly. Um, but they were snubbed out of the poll for weeks and weeks. They just this week got ranked. Coastal Carolina this week finally received some votes because you can't ignore 5-0 and as much as the pollsters want to. James Madison got 39 votes, but they're still on the outside looking in as, a, as the other undefeated team in the Sun Belt. And it brings into question, like, what do you think Coastal can do the rest of the season? We talked about the roller coaster, right? We had our preseason predictions, and then you play Gardner-Webb, and you feel terrible, and you think this team might not win another game the rest of the season, and... Now they've strung together a couple of impressive wins in a row. Where are you at with this program as a whole right now? Well, for me, I'll, I'll say it. I think that um, I think we're getting to where we thought that this team could be at. I really think that, you know, with each win that we get and with each, you know, opponent that we beat, whether it is by, you know, over 10 points or whether it's by, you know, single digits, you know, we're, we're beating teams and we're winning. We're one of – two teams left in the Sun Belt that are still undefeated along with James Madison. So you really have to think that, you know, we're, we got to be pretty good to still be sitting at five and zero. Oh. and you guys talked about it even before we talked about it before the podcast even started, we're not even at full strength and we're still five and zero. Oh. So that's telling you something about not only these players, but this coaching staff for sure. Um, we, we definitely are going to be tested going forward and, I can tell you right now, if we're sitting undefeated along with James Madison in that matchup, final game of the season, do you not do you guys not understand the magnitude and how much, you know, media we're gonna get, you know, James Madison and Coastal going at it, somebody's streak's gonna end. We, it might even get damn uh, college game day. You just it it very know. well may, and and not only would that game decide the Sun Belt East, it would probably decide who's the best group of five team in the country? Yep. Like, who gets that Cotton Bowl bid? <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. And, um, and that, you know, we, we talked about it, like, a couple of weeks ago. You know, CBS Sports had us projected Cotton Bowl January 3rd in uh, AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World. So, who wouldn't want, you know, to be in this, you know, we're 16 teams. We're one of 16 teams still left undefeated. I think this team has what it takes. You know, I'm starting to feel very wrongly of taking back what I said <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, undefeated thing that back. I'm I'm starting to feel it a little bit. You know, I said if they were undefeated going in the app, I would take it back. So they're starting to make me feel like a believer again. You know, I, I hate that I even doubted them, but you know, this team's getting to where I might have been wrong about them. But yeah, we're we got it. We're one of the best teams in the country, and 
You know, people don't want to talk about this, and that's fine. You know, Grayson McCall feels, you know, disrespected. I heard him in a, a press conference the other day after the Georgia Southern game. You know, he feels disrespected along with the other teams. So, you know, keep snubbing us. Don't put us in the top 25, you know. Everybody feels disrespected, and they're just going to make you, you know, wish that you gave us a little bit more respect at the end of the day. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so you want to talk about where I feel like we're at right now, state of the program compared nationally. This was – I feel good about – we won this game barely, but I feel really good about it because Georgia Southern, they're a quality program. They're a quality opponent. They're 3-1, and one, lost to UAB, another good program. And they beat, they beat Nebraska, who's a Power 5 team. So they have the wins. So this wasn't a cupcake team that we just played and played closely. It's a team with rivalry. So I feel like we get a lot of value from winning this game. And as far as what we could be in terms of bowl game or whatnot, this is the weakest team. I say this from what I've seen so far of Coastal the last couple of years, in terms of the last three years, we're not ranked yet. But if we win a couple more games, if we win the next two games, we'll be ranked just because they have to put us in. And the group of five as a whole, there's only, you said there's only two ranked teams undefeated teams in the Sun Belt. There's only two undefeated teams in the whole group of five. And I saw something earlier this week. It's like Coastal's fighting for their first New Year's Six chance. It's because the rest of the group of five this year just isn't that great. It's not as strong as we've seen the last couple of years. So if there's a chance for Kurt, for Curtis, for Coastal to get into a group of New Year's Six game, it's this. And I mean, we have a couple more games. We got two quote unquote easy games that we can set ourselves up for before we play Marshall and Nap State. But we got to win these games and we want them will get ranked. And then people will have to start talking about the shots. And if we're sitting at 9-0, and New Year's 6 is going to be looking real good. And this is the best chance we've had in terms of what the rest of the country is doing. I'll take on Georgia by myself in a New Year's 6 bowl. I appreciate the vote of confidence, Josh. <laughs> Always. If you play like Mizzou did, you'll be. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like right at this part of the season, um, we are 5-0, and oh, so, I mean, we are one of the very few. I want to say – I could get the number wrong. Somebody help me out here, but I believe it's down to what? 16. 16 undefeated teams, yeah. So, there's 16 undefeated teams left. I think right now in this schedule, like, I'm not really, like, paying it no mind that we're not ranked because, to me, like, I believe this team can go 11-1. and one. I had to fight. Like, I had to fight for that prediction right there. I believe they can go 11-1, and one, and I believe they can do it. But at the same time – I understand why they didn't do it for the sole purpose of our, our toughest part of the schedule has not came yet. There's still a lot of tough teams that we got to go and beat. And Georgia Southern is a, is a really good quality team, just like Josh said. But the problem is we still got to beat App State. We still got to beat Virginia. We still got to beat Old Dominion, Jays Madison. We got to beat these teams, you know, and we haven't played them yet. So, and I remember specifically last year when we were in this part of the season, we were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's time for us to get some respect. It's time for us to – it's time for the uh, AP polls to start ranking us and everything. But we didn't play App State yet. And then we played App State and we lost. And all of a sudden we were like, we still got a chance because, again, it was a very competitive game. But then we lost to, to uh, Georgia State. And right there, that alone, that alone really crushed, like, any chances of us getting an AP vote. So right now, I think it's a little bit too early to like focus on that. Honestly, just focus on getting the just focus on getting wins week in and week out. That's all you gotta do. Focus on getting wins week in and week out. Because like I say, the reason why I'm saying stay humble is because the best is yet to come. You guys are playing good, but the best is yet to come. 
And this team is really going to start getting tested when they got to go up against those really good teams that we got to play on that schedule. I keep forgetting about Marshall. Marshall's a good team. So overall, the best part of the schedule hasn't happened yet. And I think when we end up facing these teams, this is really what's going to prove of whether Coastal is as good as we think they are or if this is another year where we're like, oh, we should have won these games or it what the hype wasn't there. So Coastal, jo uh, Jordan be telling you every single week, got to show me something. This is the part of the schedule where, where you got to show me something. Simple. Yeah, and real quick before I let Curtis go, it's they're going to start putting out next week when we're one of 10 undefeated teams, assuming we beat ULM. It's going to be like bowl eligible, and we're going to be celebrating that we're one of the first bowl eligible teams. If we win, we'll be – we'll do it first before. And James Madison's not even going to get that because so we're going to be one of those first 10 teams. And if you look at the end of the season and we only have eight wins, people are going to be like, wait, weren't they one of the first teams in the bowl eligible con conversation? So yeah, we're going to get some hype in a week when we win that game. And then it's going to be on. It's going to be, people are going to say, Oh, they kept it up. They win 10 games or did they fall completely off? And that was a fluke and it was schedule based. So yep. We're going to get the publicity in a week or two, but, we got to keep it on if we want to stay relevant. Well, and you can't overlook ULM for the first time in who knows how long. They actually right. it's have been a, a football it's been a team. Like, win before we play the game every year in the past. I can't even remember. Yeah, and, and they, they beat Louisiana last week, and they looked good doing it. And this is a – what's the best way to put it? You can't overlook any games because anyone can beat anyone. That's not just, you know, just generic. Man, college football is so even this year, it's not even funny. For for Coastal to be one of, of 16 undefeated teams remaining is a little miracle in and of itself. To keep that rolling against teams that are as good as you is going to be so hard. Against teams that are better than you, I don't know how many of them there are out there. There's not a Cincinnati this year that stands out in the group of five. It's always going to be, you know, the fight for relevance in a world where the AP voters would rather put, you know, a, a two and three, uh, you know, <laughs> Texas A&M team in the poll. But it's it's something that we got to look forward to, and it's something that I think, you know, moving forward we will. Uh, grow on it and we will be ranked and it'll be shortly you know it'll come in the next couple of weeks but with that i think we move into one of our favorite segments we move into game balls mario let's start with you who gets your game ball for georgia southern well i mean if i gotta be honest if i had to give a game ball to anybody i gotta give it to uh jt killen that was my guy looking into it because i really looked and jt killen had himself a really good game like I mean, if we're really think, if we're really looking at it, he really did pop off. This is a this is a guy who's like a linebacker. He's about six three, like two twenty five. This man had two passes defended, nine tackles. Like the man had a really good game, and I think overall he was probably one of the bright sides of that defense. And he was a big part of the reason why like that game was tied at seven seven before like entering uh before entering the second half. Obviously, we know what happened. The offense has started resurging. But I think JT Killen, I think he really has been proving that he can take over the roles that the others who left um, left for him. 
And I really got to give him my game ball. I think he's a very underrated part of this team. And I really do think he had himself a really great game. So I'm going to go with JT Killen. Well, and he was a one-man wrecking crew on that last drive for Georgia Southern. They got the ball back with about 30 seconds left. That's when he got his sack. He got a deep pass breakup that if he had the hands that Odell Beckham had, it should have been an interception. But, I mean, for him to elevate like that, get full extension and get yeah. get the pass breakup, I mean, that's a hell of a play. He, he essentially ended that drive on his own. Right, Gosh. and it's almost giving me, I don't want to say it, but it's almost giving me like Makonzo vibes. To be honest, because McConzen was one of those guys who could go in, blitz you from the line, and he can also play coverage. And Killen showed that he could have that same play type as McConzo. McConzo was a – and again, he's another underrated guy that I really think should have gotten more love when he was here. Because McConzo really would step up, and he really would do a lot of stuff on this field. And I think if JT Killen can take that role of doing using that same play style and playing not only in coverage but also blitzing – I think he is going to be one of the very crucial parts to Coastal's defense soaring. Well, and Makonzo, just to give context, because certain people aren't paying attention, he's probably going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year in the CFL this year. Like, he's been lights out for them. And, you know, I don't disagree with that comparison for JT Killen. He's not going to make an impact on every play. But when he does, you're going to notice. And he's going to play well every game. And then he's going to come out of nowhere with a sack or an interception or a pass breakup when you really need it. Josh, who gets your game ball? I haven't given it to him yet that we've done these, but I, I just have to give it to Grayson McCall this week. What he did in that fourth quarter, I can't stress it enough, that clutch gene, the beautiful passes in the rain. When they actually – we're really frustrated with this on the show, but when they actually start airing the ball out downfield, at one point Curtis texted us, he was like, this team takes absolutely zero deep shots. Well, in the fourth quarter, they did that, and they proved why, at least Grayson McCall proved why they should do it a lot more often. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's a top five QB in the country. And that game right there that he had, I have to give him the game ball. He was our leader. I love his tweets after the game. That's He doesn't tweet all week, and then after we win, he gets on right after the game, and he tweets something petty out, and it's it's great and yeah, Grace McCall gets a game ball. What a leader. What a performance. That's what I like to see late game. For me, it's two words. Myrtle, hurdle. You know what I'm saying? You got to give it to that guy, C.J. Beasley. You got to give it to him. I mean, what? A, he didn't really have a dazzling, like, 100-yard game this, this game. He only had 12 carries for 64 yards. But it those 64 yards mattered. And, you know, for him to have a stellar ending to that game, for him to, you know, that that picture of him hurdling that Georgia Southern uh, player is probably going to be put in the, in the, you know, Norman. It's going to be put in there. And, you know, he's going to have his name etched in, you know, coastal history. Um, you know, for him to get on SportsCenter Top 10, even though we stressed it earlier, he was snubbed of a, a top play because that was definitely one of the best plays, if not the best play uh, over that, that, that day. And, you know, for him to do that, to do what he did, you know, to hurdle that guy, to run into the end zone, to put us up with a little over 30 seconds left in the rain. You know, this guy's been doing it for us just all year. You know, he's been doing it. He hasn't really – he hasn't fumbled, I don't believe, any time this year. If he has, it hasn't been more than, you know, some of the guys on the team. But, you know, this guy has definitely been holding it down for us. And, you know, C.J. Beasley, you definitely get the game ball this week. And we hope to see more of this – you know, going into, you know, the next game and rest of the season. So 
So game ball for me goes to C.J. Beasley. I'm going to go Jared Brown. Um, not necessarily the, the, the biggest game, but, I mean, this stat line is just insane. Five receptions, 139 yards, 27.8 yards on average, and a touchdown, too. Did he catch the game-winning touchdown? No, but he had an impact. Every time he was on the field, Georgia Southern had to dedicate two defenders to him. They couldn't single cover him. And when they did, Grayson McCall found him every time. And it's another game and it's another chance for this young redshirt freshman to show that he belongs in the NCAA. And he damn sure does. And he looks good doing it early on in his career. So that's going to get my game ball from Jared Brown. With that, I think we go ahead we wrap up this game. Coastal Carolina 34-30 to over Georgia Southern with a game against ULM on the docket next we will be back later this week with a pregame episode for that one. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. Send us in questions. Send us in uh, who you thought should win uh, player of the game, who gets your game ball. And uh, we'll see you next week. Shant's up. Out of my ass. <laughs>